Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 278, brought to you by Hook'em.com. Our really good friends at Bud Light, Cedric Golden here with Taylor's favorite duck, Kirk Bowles. By week upon us, Doug, but that doesn't mean we can't do a podcast. We have to. You want us on that wall. You need us on that wall. You can't handle the truth. They can't. They can't <laughs> handle the truth. But you know what, Doug? It only takes a few good men, two in this situation, to deliver <laughs> some gold. Lots to chop up today. The Texas Longhorns are off. They're going to return to action uh, in, a, in, a, in a 10 days or so. And they're going to play at Kansas State. But during this bye week, we've had some question marks about the Horns moving forward at K-State. TCU coming in here at Kansas. And what else? What am I missing? Oh, and then the finale at home. Black Friday against Baylor. And the Bears. They, they got to run the table to make it to the Big 12 championship game. I'm convinced of that. Well, probably. And here's the problem. Uh, TC is undefeated. Yes. And Oklahoma State has one loss, right? Yeah. And you're rolling. Oklahoma State has the tiebreaker over Texas. So, so you might as well be up two games. Yeah, you can't tie Oklahoma State. So you got to hope TCU goes in something of a tailspin and Texas has to beat TCU. I mean, I don't know. I guess I could see uh, something, scenario where a three-loss team gets in, maybe. I mean, you look at TCU. They play West Virginia on the road. That's a dangerous game. I don't care what anybody says. TCU's a lot better, and they got that wide-open offense, but West Virginia's a tough place to play. Then they come to Texas, and they finish up at Baylor. Those are three tough road games. Out of their last four, and they get yeah. Kansas in there somewhere. Yeah. And they and they uh, host Kansas. Pretty in uh, Kansas. Yeah, but I think three of their next four – uh, are on the road. So, you know, they've kind of had that comfort of, you know, playing at home. Oklahoma comes staggering in. K-State comes in, gets their quarterback hurt. So it's it's worked out great. Now, don't get me wrong. Sonny Dykes probably right now National Coach of the Year, I think. It's either him or Josh Heupel, right? I'm going I'm going with Sonny D. I am too. Why wouldn't you? Sonny I mean, D. They didn't go takes to a bowl over game or, last takes year. Takes over a program in transition. 
Not only transition, they didn't go to a bowl game last year. And they were bad, and the little general got the gate. He comes over from SMU. Yeah. Gets that thing going. Rejuvenated Max Duggan, who didn't even win the job. Yeah. That's called coaching. And Texas could have had him for a song. He and Del Conte were talking, and then, you know, the brass – the big brass swoops in. No, no, we're going to get this guy from Alabama. <sighs> so, but, you know, back to the standings, there's a chance. But like I said, the team's ahead of you. If You can't lose to both of them because if you lose to TCU, that's third loss, obviously. But then they have the tiebreaker on you. And in a way, it's kind of preposterous. We're talking about a Big 12 championship appearance. They got to win a game, Okay. And I know Texas is off this week, but then they go to dangerous K-State. You know, maybe they get a break if Adrian Martinez doesn't play. But this is a kind of an unforgiving conference because they're not great teams. TCU's damn good and playing really well. But I don't think they're a great team. And I don't think there's a great team in the league, do you? No, there's not. And, you know, they're down 28-10 at the house to K-State. And then yeah. K-Magic gets hurt, and all of a sudden, then the backup, Will Howard, yeah. is hurt. And then they're on their third-string quarterback, and and they just couldn't uh, – you know, K-State just couldn't hold their water. Yeah. And, um, so it's going to be an interesting day up in the mountains. 11 a.m. kickoff, and, you know, how many teams have gone up there sleepy-eyed, and then all of a sudden you're in an ambush in West Virginia – at home is is very similar to Texas Tech. Yeah, they can get their passing game going. They don't run the ball as well as they used to, and they had some stud running backs. But I love Bryce Ford Wheaton, their big physical wide receiver. He'll play in the league. Daniels, he's more iffy. I just I don't love him, but he's capable. He's capable. He's, capable. he's, played, he's played in a good offense in Georgia. He knows mm-hmm. what he's doing, Doug. He knows what yeah. he's doing. Now, now here at the house. And this has been this has been a huge conversation in Longhorn Nation. And Steve Sarkeesian's hitched his wagon wagon to Quinn yours. That wagon is hitched. It's so hitched that it's kind of rusting over. You know, if the, you if you don't take it out, that thing can get rusted over, and you're like, it's just going to be there forever. We 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 grew up. We have parents who grew up on farms. You know what I'm talking about. And so. <clears throat> I think we're sharing a brain when we say he should have put in Hudson Card for at least a series or two after those three and outs started to pile up in the third quarter in Stillwater. Not saying they should have won, Doc, but I thought he should have put him in. Yeah, I do too. I think, you know, that's what coaches do now. I mean, you know, Nick Saban did it in the title game. Benches Jalen Hurts at halftime and goes with Tua, you know, and ends up winning. But – you know, he had the guts to do that. Dabo Sweeney did it last week with Cade Klubnick. Now, it's to be fair, Klubnick threw four passes. You know, they won that with the running game and defense, but but Ducky settled him down. And DJ was a turnover machine. He had two interceptions and a fumble. So, you know, they kind of settled down the offense and they didn't rely. DJ was trying to do too much. But then he said after the game, DJ is my quarterback. You know. Sark could have done the same thing, you know. I know, I mean, I don't know if you think the job was promised to him through thick or thin, hot water or cold, but. 
Hey, I'm going to say it again. And you disagreed with me at the beginning of the season. I used that word that you didn't like. I believe that certain assurances were made to get him here, financial and otherwise, and that he was going to have every opportunity to be the guy. And I still believe that. Um, but every opportunity is not the same as promise. You will start. I, and you will be my quarterback all year. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall short of saying he would have that he would start, but he would have. I, I think he would have had to be, you know, um, a guy with a guy standing on one leg to lose that job. Yeah, we we both agree, and it's clearly his talent skills are ahead of Hudson Card. But Hudson Card, you know, you and I just looked at the numbers. What it sixty nine point six completion rate in Quinn's fifty seven point seven. 11 touchdowns, five interceptions for Quinn, six and one for Card. So play him a couple series. He can use his legs. You figure his ankle's got to be, you know, doing better now. And even when it was hurting, Hudson Card still got off some good scrambles. Um, Quinn had that great scramble, but for the penalties, which shall go unmentioned, uh, I just don't think – I think he – in his play calling was suspect. Don't you think? I mean, why keep throwing – 30 yards downfield in that kind of wind. Why don't you play the safer game and shorter passes over the middle crosses, stuff like that, Sid? Yeah, those are the easier passes, Duck. And those are the kind of passes that can get a quarterback going, you know. And and for me, I, I was like, okay, um, he's obviously struggling with the deep ball. And you know what, Greg McElroy, friend of the podcast, he said it. He goes, you know, he, he needs some mechanical work because he's got that big arm and he doesn't always step into the ball, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I just think that, um, I just, I just, I just think that he, it could have been good for him to take a blow, yeah, blow. And um, before we delve deep into the quarterbacks, um, we got to bring this up, Duck, because Steve Sarkeesian thought that he needed to apologize for the eyes of Texas. Mm-hmm. And we're still talking about that uh, a couple of years later. But um, they didn't stay, a lot of them. He he left, and a lot of players followed him. He basically fell on the sword. And people really people get really upset about that. Uh, me, personally, I'm more upset that, you know, if I'm a fan, I'm more upset that they blew another 10-point lead. Sure. I'm about 25 seconds after a game um, with my fingers pointed to the sky. I, it, it didn't affect me that way. I put it in my column only because it's a thing, and the fan base really cares about it. Do you think they care more about the eyes of Texas than they do what's going on on the football field? Oh, no. I'm no. asking. Absolutely not. But you can be upset about more than one thing at a time. That's true. I mean, we're both married, so we know our wives are upset with us about a whole bunch of stuff from time to time. So, no, I, I think it – I don't know, it may have troubled some fans. I mean, the game is the thing. Let's get it straight and keep it clear here. But it did get attention in the tower, and I, I think it did ruffle some feathers enough that Sark felt like he needed to apologize. He wasn't asked about it, sports fans – he started his press conference say, hey, I need to start out by apologizing to the fans. That was not my intentions. It was uh, a mistake on my part. It won't happen again. Mm-hmm. So he at least knows the history here 
that you know, and that's a that's a crisis that helped sink Tom Herman. You know that it whole really did it played a big role and his stance with the team and everything. So uh, you know, it's an issue. It yes, it pales in importance to the game and the outcome of the game, no question. But you know, Sark doesn't need any extra baggage here. You know, he doesn't need to bring on any extra uh, complaints, you know, about his play calling is enough and blowing second half leads is is enough to worry about without having to worry about stuff that happens off the field after the game. Although at A&M, maybe it's all one and the same, which we'll get to in a little bit. So what do you think that Quinn Ewers is getting some first team reps this week? Quinn Ewers? I mean, not Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card, I always get them mixed up. Is no. Hudson Card getting first team reps, Doug? No, I don't think so. And I probably wouldn't put that out there. I just think, you know, he, he's ready. He's played enough games the last two years. So he's not like, you know, Garrett Gilbert in the national title game against Alabama. Okay, boy, it's yours. Go get him. Go beat Alabama. You know, Hudson Card's played meaningful minutes and meaningful games and, and has some good numbers. I mean, almost 70% completion rate, and he's a better runner than Quinn. So, no, I think it's going to be Quinn uh, the rest of the year. Now, if he go through and get this again at K-State, maybe he does bring in Hudson Card. You can't let this slip away. You don't want to go five and seven again. You can't go five and seven two years in a row without – consequences and that may not be getting fired but it might be do you lose any commitments does arch manning worry about the direction of the program uh you know it's all tied together i think we all know that it is and the, the timing between the receivers was really poor with with quinn yours mm-hmm. here's what sark had to say about that the one is, you know, we've, we've got to keep pressing for more precision in the passing game, you know, and that, that starts in practice and, and you know, of, of really making a point and an emphasis of the timing and, the, and the where we're at on the field and when the ball should be thrown and the sp- correct spacing on the field. So that's, that's going back to work. That's going back to practice, and that's getting guys um, working well together with Quinn, with the receivers, with the tight ends of the timing of when these balls should be thrown and where they should be thrown and where they can expect that ball to be thrown. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit off. You know, we're just not, not exactly where I would like us to be. There were some great plays that were made. I mean, obviously, the, you don't throw for 320 yards without having some good plays in there, but there was plenty of missed opportunities as well uh, that I think we'd all love to have back. And some of that always – isn't always with the quarterback and the receiver. Sometimes that's the protection, you know, whether that's a guy getting beat one-on-one or a guy missing an assignment that is forcing an earlier throw than he would like to throw it or forcing a little bit of an errant throw. Uh, So it all ties together. It takes all 11 to make that work. I think from a run game standpoint, you know, I was probably a little bit more harsh on the run game uh, post-game if there's anything in there. I thought we found some things in the run game that gave us some consistency uh, in the fourth quarter that I probably should have called more of those style of runs as the game adjusted. Um, but that's, again, when, I, when like I said, you guys know me well enough. When the game's over, I analyze my play calling, whether we score 50 points, 30 points, or 13 points. You know, I analyze it tough and hard uh, because I want to be better for our players the next time we go out. Uh, and I think there were some things in this game that, as I look back on, I could have been better too. 
um, to be to be fair to those guys to put them in the best position to be successful. So, Doug, you used the word precision in the passing game, and um, it's not a precise passing attack because it's so vertical. And do you think he might need to come up off the ease off the governor on some of those deep passes? Because he was missing by a lot. Now, he said he did something to his fingernail. And, um, and another reason to play cards. Uh, I know. And he goes 19 out of 49. And, you know, and, 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 and I know he's never going to say, oh, my fingernails hurting me, coach. Take me out of the game. I, that's never going to happen, Kurt. Yeah. But you can see the results, all the overthrows. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. You can see And, the- you know, the other thing, too, said, I mean, they weren't on the same page either with these pass routes. You got wide receivers looking over both of their shoulders. And, and I don't know, maybe it's their route running. Maybe they were running some poor routes. But you remember – we saw that uh, the week before at Iowa State where Casey Kane and uh, Quinn were not on the same page. So, you know, and, and part of that may be a product of the little playing time that Quinn's had. That was his, what is his fifth start? And Spencer Sanders, has he started about a 1,000 games at Stillwater? So, they, call him coach, they call him Coach Sanders. Duck. Yeah, we, we shouldn't overlook that fact. I mean, Spencer Sanders, the most veteran quarterback in the league, and he yeah. took care of the ball, man. Yeah, he did. He looked great. That he was as good as Spencer Sanders has ever looked, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. He remember that he had a four hundred yard passing game against Texas one time his sophomore mm-hmm. year. But yeah. um, real quick, let's get to this defense. Anthony Cook broke his arm. Man, he was having a special season. Though. Yeah, he was. And he might. Game. They may try to play through that. Sark says he's week to week. No, day-to-day. Did you say day-to-day? I thought he did. I mean, come on, broken oh, arm. Yeah, yeah, broken arm, man. I, yeah, you don't want to get – you don't want that thing to get mangled and you have problems for life. Yeah. You've done enough to to get get in an NFL camp. Mm-hmm. You're a playmaker and you played, you've played. you played really well. I bet we see him again. I bet we see him again. I don't know if it'll be K-State in two weekends, but I bet we, we see him playing again. Um, the tackling – Whew. Horrible tackling. Well, I know we, well, I mentioned the 14 penalties, but that's they've yeah. been beating that to death. The tackling has got to be something. I don't know how you improve tackling over a bye week without tackling. That's mm-hmm. a problem. That's one of those issues that you hope is is ready to roll after uh, you know in the summer before the season. You've done enough tackling drills where this doesn't rear its ugly head, but they they missed a lot of tackles and that that um to me bodes not well but i i think he's going to have to hark harken in on effort mm-hmm. and enthusiasm and the one word that tom herman used to use that i love violence they got to be more violent and mm-hmm. if they aren't um these kind of breakdowns will continue to happen yeah, well, they weren't swarming to the ball in that second half like like they were against Alabama, obviously, and, and other times this season, West Virginia. Uh, they weren't pursuing well. They were, you know, and, you know, Sark noticed it as well on tape, didn't he? Yep, he did. This is what he said about it. I think the, I think the reality of it is is what we're trying to get to is there's got to be a level of consistency in play. Um, and so, like – this morning, for example, I, I go through our tape with our guys and I show them the game. And, you know, part of it is something very simple is just 
you know, effort and population of the ball defensively. I can show a clip in the first quarter or the second quarter where we're flying to the ball, we're getting hats to the ball. Then I can show a play late in the game Saturday where a ball gets completed and we've got a guy wrapped up. And I look and we've got guys watching a tackle being made rather than five hats flying to the ball to, to help get that man on the ground. And so uh, it's about consistency uh, in our style of play. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to execution. Um, and and those, are, those are things that, you know, at critical moments in the game, um, it's about doing your job and doing your job really well and doing it with a consistent manner, you know. Uh, the, the third down scramble that, that the quarterback has, they're throwing a screen pass to the right, and we defend the screen really well, and we actually had a spy on the quarterback. Uh, but the guy who was the spy on the quarterback went to go help on the screen, which wasn't his job. It wasn't a lack of effort. He wanted to help go make a play, uh, but ultimately you still have to do your job at those critical moments in the game. So those are the things we're trying to emphasize. Doug, if you got guys watching, defense is about reaction and getting and just Never. the ball like a magnet and you're a, you're a big piece of steel. You yeah. got to get over there. That ball is drawing you to it. And I don't know how they can be comfortable with those leads in the second half. You – I, I, I expected that that my well, you know, this is who they are, and that's what I said to him, but I, I expect them to swarm because now, Doug, they've gone from you know being in really good shape to pseudo desperate at at uh, three and two in conference. Um they can't give another one away. And if they lose to K State, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just at one time, I thought they really might run the table. I, you know, and I'm guilty of buying it. And I thought it's so silly to think that Alabama game, boy, first at home, half, first at home, tech. I mean, at home, that's their story. They show up for the big dogs. I give them a really good chance to beat TCU at home because they show up for those kind of games yeah. at yeah, they, home. They, they do, don't, but not on the road. Yeah, but the great teams, the great teams, as you know, relish playing on the road. You're, you're They're not a great team. Oh, I know. They're not great. No, absolutely. I'm not calling them great. That's what I'm saying. That's how far away. Until they go in and you're up 31-17 in Stillwater, that's when you put the hammer down. You put your boot on their throats. You know, and it's just confidence. I think it's a confident thing, and they don't have enough dogs, like you say, Man, you got to be a rabid bunch of dogs that second half. You just got to take that over where you make the other team doubt, you know, that they're going to get it done. And I don't know. You would think, you know, and they and they're they don't have great players, very good player. Jalen Ford's having a great year. Anthony Cook, like you mentioned, uh, got some young guys in that secondary. Their pass defense is ninety fourth in the country. You know, it's not good. And they're giving up chunk plays now, which they weren't before. And maybe, before. just maybe, maybe yeah. K-State plays into their hands, more run heavy. Yeah, right. Um, don't They don't pass it a lot. And that's that's the kind of game where you can just pin your ears back and mm-hmm. not worry. But they'll still they'll still throw it on you. You know that. Oh, yeah. I know mean, that. But I, I think this is the kind of game um, – that's the kind of game that puts, that puts the um, – Onus on those linebackers. I, Duck, I love Jalen Ford. I, mm. I, he might be the best player on this football team. 
Besides no, Bijan. Besides Bijan. Yeah, yeah he's definitely, I think he's the best defender. But and their pass coverage hasn't been great, Sid. They're great against the run, but these linebackers don't run well with these running backs. No, they don't. So that's the that's the one thing I would keep Jalen Ford from saying he's great. He and Demo. And Demo we thought was gonna be the pass rusher. They still don't have that one dominant pass rusher that other teams have to account for, you know. I mean, their sacks are up, their hurries are up, but still you gotta get that quarterback on the ground. You gotta disrupt him. You know, you really do. And, and one of the, and you know, this, this is their, this is their Waterloo. This is, this is their, this is where the rubber is going to meet the road. They've got time to get it, to get, to get mentally ready Mm -hmm. or for that trip to the little apple, which is never easy. Never. Oh, McCoy lost at the little apple. And so, um, it's, it's going to be a fun weekend for you there. And Hey, the big 12 is still, Right there, I'm gonna. I think TCU. Um, I think TCU wins two of their last four. They're in. They're yeah. they're gonna make it to the conference title game. Yeah, it's gonna go two and two down the stretch. You don't think there's any chance West Virginia bites them? There's a big chance West Virginia bites them. Yeah, I think Huge so. Chance West yeah. Virginia bites them. Yeah, because you know some of those TCU players. You got to be feeling chesty if you're a TCU player. You know, undefeated, top ten. You're rolling, you know. I think that's going to be the game of the weekend in the Big 12. Yeah, West Virginia, nothing to lose, you know, but uh, we'll see. Well, Duck, um, down the road a bit in College Station, things have gotten ugly under, under Camp Fisher. Jimbo Fisher's got players doing bad things in the locker room. He's got – he's got um, – I don't think it's a mutiny, but it it sounds like that the that the range to the program are are not good. They're unraveling. It looks like. Let me ask you something, Duck. What's that? This continues. Do you think the Aggies could fire Jimbo with cause and try to play the moral clause wrecked, uh, card and get out from under that ninety million? I mean, it's uh, conspiracy theory. I'm asking. No, there's zero chance. Of that. I mean, this is his players. I mean, the team, uh, it looks like he's lost control of the team. They do look like they're unraveling and in disarray. But, you know, you, you pull out a clause like that and because of the players, I don't think that would ever hold up. So his best security blanket is that mega contract. And, you know, Texas can – I mean, A&M can thank Scott Woodward for that because – you know, he's the one that gave him that mega deal, and he's the one that repeated extended. the mega deal. He tried, he tried to get him to LSU, and so he used that as leverage, and, oh, we got to make Jimbo happy, so they re-upped him. So re-upped after, him to be after this year, he'll have nine years left. It's preposterous. Why these schools and ADs continue to do that? Fully guaranteed – I mean, I know you have a fully guaranteed lifetime contract at Statesman, I know, but uh, it's pretty rare for the rest of us. Crickets. Crickets. Now, don't you hate guaranteed contract? What happened to incentives? In this America? I don't, I don't like guaranteed contracts at all. I, I understand, you know, if someone offered you a guaranteed contract, you sign that, that bad boy right away. Sure. Yeah, but, you um, it, don't blame Jimbo for taking it. It's what the game is now, and – Here's what here Jimmy Sexton are getting rich, and these coaches are getting these mega deals, and they have a little 
just a little piece of success, and boom, let's extend them. Well, here's the thing. I, I, that's the part I don't like. No, I don't think any of us really panned the contract or the deal when they hired Jimbo Fisher. I like it because but, it's what you needed to do to get him here, Doug. Yeah, I like but it. I, like I don't it. think you had to do 10 years fully guaranteed to get him. He was ready to leave Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, the, that talent in the cupboard was pretty bare. And so I don't think you ever – when you're at an A&M or Texas or an Oklahoma, and Alabama, you don't have to – well, we're not going to get coach if we don't fully guarantee it. That's baloney. You're going to tell me you couldn't get 20 good coaches to come to A&M unless you fully guarantee a 10-year deal? That's poppycock. I mean, I'm sorry. Make it you're three talking, years you said, you said 20 coaches, but 20 coaches haven't won a national championship and, and coached Heisman Trophy winner. His, no. I know he had struggles in Tallahassee at the end, but his, but but his credentials were impeccable. Yes, and so it. that's – that was a, there's a short list of guys available that have won a championship. You Urban Meyer. So yeah. I, I understood you did what you had to do, and and uh, I don't know that his other teams were pursuing him or schools, but to get him here was to me was was great. Good for him. Yeah, they got him great. here, but the extension. What did you win? Eight games? Did he ever go nine and three? No. So he, won eight yeah, games. he won one nine. He won nine one year, nine and four maybe. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I just I just think there's nothing wrong with giving fully guaranteed first three years, then incentives every time you win ten games. You know, maybe we'll add a year or stuff like that. I mean, look at Sunny Dykes first year at TCU, year one. Uh, Shane Beamer, South Carolina, just beat Jimbo Fisher, year two. Josh Heupel. Year two. Oh, they're number three in the nation. I Mario, mean, Mario Mario Cristobal in Miami. Oh, never mind. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, he's not so good. Dan Lanning, Oregon. Yes, oh, no, he's got Bo Nix playing like a Heisman candidate. So it can be done. So I think there are coaches out there that can get it done. These ads, they want to make the big splash. You know, hire the big name. Sark's a big name. Hadn't got it done yet, but you know, you might be better off hiring a Jeff Trailer a Shane Beamer, a Joey McGuire, a Sonny Dykes. It's not about winning the press conference. It's about winning on Saturday. And it's about the long game, too. Mm-hmm. You get a good, you get a good smart hire in here to build this thing from the ground up. Yeah. What, Sonny, uh, Sonny Dykes, I think, is the most impressive of the ones you named. Yeah. Well, on A&M, I mean, three freshmen suspended reportedly for smoking dope in the locker room. That hadn't been verified. There's a lot of Rumors out there, L.J. Johnson, their five-star running back, may go into the transfer portal maybe. Uh, but And their offense has been a no-show. I mean, this is a preseason number six team in the nation. And they're three and – what are they, three and four now? Mm-hmm. Three and four, they lost three in a row. Maybe uh, three. They may not be bowl eligible. No, I th- they get Ole Miss this weekend? They get Ole Miss? That's a tough one. You know, they, they have UMass. Uh, UMass, that'll get them to a bowl game. Well, no, that'll get them a, another win. They have they go to Auburn. They got to hope they beat UMass, which they will, win at Auburn, and beat Florida uh, next weekend, uh, which has an atrocious defense. So that's just to get bowl eligible. So that is, 
That's but these player suspensions are, you know, it's bad enough their offense is so terrible. You know, they have trouble scoring 20 points, you know, and they get behind early. Uh, I don't know. He's he's in a heap of trouble over there. They're not going to buy him out. But next year, you know, who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Nobody's immune. Closer to the house, um, real quick, NFL, man, big news coming out of Indy. Sam Ellinger, Duck, is going to get his first career start. It's great. Hasn't thrown a pass yet, right? Hasn't thrown a pass in an NFL game. Got some snaps last season in mop-up duty, but he's sitting inside that yellow bucket, and he's going to have to bring it against the Washington Cove Manders. On Sunday at Indy, Big Sad going to be jumping on a jet, headed there to document Sammy. And, you know, Duck, um, that Westlake pipeline is impressive. It is. And, and, Sam, and Sam Ellinger, there are people that didn't think he'd end up on an NFL roster. And here he is getting ready to start against – in place of a guy who's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame, Matt Ryan. Hey, Drew Brees at Westlake wasn't offered by any Texas school. Has to go to Purdue. Uh, Nick Falls, you know, went to where to go? Michigan State, Ar- Ar- Arizona State, transferred. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, it was Arizona. Arizona. He wasn't offered by a Texas school. You know, now Sam was a Longhorn from from birth, so you knew that was going to happen. You know, he's only the eighth Texas quarterback to 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 be in this position to throw a pass, which is not a great legacy. When you go back from Bobby Lane, you know, you've had some moments, flurries with Vince Young. Uh, Cole McCoy has been a career backup. Difficult. You know, making a lot of money. But, I mean, Chris you go Sims, back. Chris Sims played some years. Yeah, Chris Sims played a little bit. And uh, Garrett Gilbert, you know, he's only Gilbert started. Cashing checks. Way yeah. to go, G.G. Still catching checks. We ain't hating there. So, no, but not at all. So Texas legacy at the position is not good. Back. So, but and coaches just aren't very good, are they? No. That offensive line is just really aged overnight. It used to be one of the best in the NFL. Not they sure still, what happened there. Still have Quentin Nelson. Yeah, Notre but, Dame. Uh, but. They, their offensive line is is bad. They're they're 16 points a game, 29th in the league. Matt Ryan has coughed up, coughed up 11 fumbles and threw nine picks. Terrible. Uh, quality receivers with Paris Camel and Michael Pittman. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyler Branson, the tight end from Westlake, uh, is good. Mo Ali Cox, the other tight end, is good. But can they keep Sam upright? This is going to be more of a run heavy. Uh, offense moving forward. That's why Sammy's in there, I believe. He'll probably run a dozen times, won't he? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and but it, how sustainable is that? Yeah, you know, well, uh, uh, sooner or later he's going to have to put it up, and uh, we've seen him throw the ball well. We'll see what happens on that next level. Looking forward to that, but you know what? I know one of us is headed to the coast. <laughs> I'm going to be in the Midwest, but you're going to be in the coast. It'll be a La La Land, La La Land for Austin FC Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. They go up against uh, the Los Angeles Football Club, and they're 2-0 and against them. Mm-hmm. There are only three teams that have uh, swept L.A. in the last two seasons, Portland, Sporting KC, and Austin's the other one. Mm-hmm. And they go with a lot of confidence. And Sebastian Drew, see, you know, probably 
He should be the MVP. He's he's got three goals, leads the league in the playoffs with three goals in just two games, and he also had a penalty kick. So I don't know. They got it going, you know, one two straight at home, but uh go to the Bank of California. You know, unfortunately, you won't be able to watch the soccer and I won't be able to watch Sam. Uh, but uh yeah, it's exciting stuff for soccer in the A Town. I'll tape it. I'll tape it, dog. I'll You'll tape break it. it down. You'll break it down when you get back from, from Indy. I'm gonna break something down for sure. Um before we get out of here, uh, Astros in five. Yeah, maybe four. They haven't lost a game with a six and oh. Remember they almost lost to Seattle that first game. Yeah, it, that would have been a series. Yeah. They're just going nuts. They're going nuts in their offense, and they got the best pitching in baseball. You know, you got you got Verlander and Valdez at the top, and Javier and Lance McCullers. You, you got four guys that can be a one or two on the staff, and then and Altuve's not even hitting. You know, Jordan Alvarez by like the O O for twenty seven, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, First three games, I think Jordan Alvarez had one hit against the Yankees, but they didn't need him because they got Bregman and Guriel and Kyle Tucker. This is one hell of an Astros team, and and don't yeah. and do not do not confuse the ills of 2017 with what's going on right now. This is a different ball club. Dusty mm-hmm. Baker is a good baseball man, and if you're if you're hating, you know if that you know and if and if Astro fans, I agree that this is a different club. But if those fans are very, really defensive of 2017, that's mm-hmm. fine. It's your ball club. But but also let's let's get Barry Bonds and and uh, Mark McGuire and Roger Clemens into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't have it both ways. Well, yeah, I'm hoping Dusty Baker finally gets it. Yeah, gets he He's one of the good guys in baseball, and yeah, and I mean the Phils are hot. I mean they were third in the East, and they're the sixth seed. In the East, they were the last seed, and they've gone crazy. They've got offense too. You know, Bryce Harper, Real Muto, Hopkins, Schwarber—they can score. But I just don't think you know they're pitching after Zach Weir and Aaron Nola's kind of suspect. So yeah, I would think it'd be you know probably Astros in five games. Huge weekend in sports, and um, we are going to be here for it. We enjoyed today all all over Texas quarterbacks, Texas defense. The Big 12 race, uh, the troubles in AM, Sammy Ellinger getting his first start. Austin FC, one win away from the championship match. And the World Series starts Friday. Duck, that's a big, big, uh, chock full sports cast, sports podcast. And we'll do it again next week. That's it for 278 for the Duck. I'm Sed Golden. We'll see you next time. See ya. You've been listening to One Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of... uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.